All right, everyone, this is my fourth podcast now. Uh, I figured I'd try to get it done by the end of the week. I've been postponing it all week, so might as well get it out of the way now. Got a couple of days off at work, and then want this hanging over my head in the next week, well, next month, really, now. But um, some interesting fan stuff has occurred this week. Primarily, the big deal earlier in the week was the Snyder Cut. <clears throat> excuse me, was the Snyder Cut being announced uh, before the launch of HBO Max, and that they'll be posting it online on the HBO Max page sometime next year, and they're going to be spending some ridiculous amount of money to do reshoots and effect shots and even bring back actors. So I'm curious, will this replace the JL Justice League movie that um, was put in the theaters? Will this be some sort of companion piece, or is it like just a quote-unquote alternate cut that may or may not reflect what's going on in the DCU? They'll use it when they feel like it and ignore it when they don't. Because Darkseid's supposed to be in the new Snyder Cut from all the rumors online. So supplanting Steppenwolf as the uh, big bad in the movie. Steppenwolf, if you know your DC uh, continuity, is Darkseid's uncle. So it doesn't completely erase him because he's still part of that sort of group uh, from the apocalypse. But uh, it still kind of puts him to the sidelines. It makes Darkseid the big bad. I guess they're going to have him, I don't know, in the shadows, kind of the way Thanos was in the first Avengers movie, maybe. Directing Steppenwolf to do much like Loki was to direct the invasion. Um, Other than totally redoing the entire film and putting those little tags in, I don't really see much way that they could put Darkseid in without it completely erasing the movie. Um, But it'll be, it's an interesting experience too because very few films get released under two different directors with two different cuts there was an exorcist movie some years ago that happened with where they released uh one director's cut and then later within a year or so they released the second director's cut of the same more or less story so uh that's to me at least an interesting thing uh to see how whedon's version even though it's still a lot of footage Snyder shot because he couldn't be credited as the director. Uh, still, it's more or less Whedon's version um, versus Snyder's version, which, given that Snyder's getting the redo, he can kind of go in and possibly fix any holes and problems and issues, especially with three or four years of hindsight to go with it and a lot of fan reaction all the same. But, um, yeah, it's interesting. I'm not like one of those release the Snyder Cut goofballs because I was of the mind that Warner had the time and the money to release the movie as it was. They were just trying to play catch up with Marvel, seemed to bite off more than they can chew, which the results suggested they had. And then the internal issues with uh, Snyder's family getting making it even more complicated, causing him and his wife to step away from the film. So... It's uh, an interesting mess, to say the least. Um, And now that they're talking Snyder Cut, David Ayers is talking about his cut of Suicide Squad. And even the Josh Trank, I saw stories, is talking about uh, he would want to do his cut of the Fantastic Four, or as it's derisively known as the Fan Four Stick movie. Uh, Which I was kind of a champion for that film before it came out thinking maybe they'll actually get it right with Sony uh having someone doing the Fantastic Four less you know comic booky and more sort of serious but 
again, whether it was Trank, Sony, a little of both, they still didn't quite do what they needed to do um, with getting that film out, especially the way they've handled Doom. That's my biggest thing is how they're going to handle Doom now that he's in the MCU because they need to do him, I think, the way they did Black Panther and Spider-Man introducing him in other films and then bringing him over into an FF film because there's so much story that you want to tell, with, especially with the Fantastic Four, that putting Doom's origin bundled with theirs is always, it's going to eat up a lot of film. you got four characters that you got to deal with, develop, make believable, and then you throw in a fifth character who's also the villain. It just becomes too much for one movie to hold. So we'll see if Marvel will do that or something else with Doom. Maybe even tease him out over the course of several movies. Who knows? But um, the other uh, things I wanted to talk about um, oh, also, the, uh, just looking at my notes here, if uh, the Wonder Woman 1984 movie, that's going to be out before or after the Snyder Cut, are they going to use one to kind of tease the other, or will it even acknowledge the other, like in their advertising? Uh, that's just a little side thought I had, being that it's going to be set in 84, obviously, continuity-wise, it won't be quote-unquote relevant but we'll see because they're bringing back Steve Trevor so they're obviously doing some sort of magic or dimensional thing to have that occur um I also saw the the first few episodes of the Amazon series upload uh it's uh, pretty cute it's not terrible it's a nice light sci-fi um Stephen Amell is the lead where he has he's this kind of idealistic app developer in this futuristic world of they don't really give the year to my recollection in the first few apps but it's definitely some ways in the future and it's kind of this dour world where people when they die they're able to be uploaded just before they die into this virtual realm and of course because it's a capitalist system uh you're quality of life and the afterlife is determined by how much money you're able to spend on your virtual existence so folks literally have an issue where they only it's kind of like a weird cell phone plan where you only have uh you have unlimited data and you can move about and do things where there are folks who are just at the lowest tier the two g's as they're referred to who live in this blank white uh sub-level of the virtual building and only get free copies of things, uh, the first five pages of books, the light version or demo versions, and um, which uh, feeds into an activist part of him when he's in the afterlife. He's also, his uh, afterlife is being managed by this young lady whose life we get to see um, outside of her job and this sort of blossoming romance that these two have. Um, but he also has a girlfriend who made sure his life in the afterlife was as posh as it was. And we find out there's more going on to that as the, as the series uh, continues. But the young lady who's his, quote, angel, as they refer to, also is starting to get feelings for him. And so it becomes this sort of virtual love triangle, for lack of a better term. Um, it's, it's an interesting take on society. I like the little secondary stuff they show like everything's got a rating now like even interacting on a tinder 
uh, type uh, service where you hook up for dates, you're giving yourself five stars, for, you're giving the partner five stars, four stars, what have you, and you put a device on your chest and speak into it that you're consensually having sex with the other person, and then you proceed to have sex, and then, you know, you leave a review. So it's basically Tinder with all the uh, breaks taken off of it and it's that's quite interesting and then there's uh other aspects of it this the the, the daily drone of life uh her the the angel trying to get her dad into the afterlife uh server uh through her job and being that she's an employee of the company she can actually get a discount but she still has to put up take out a loan for it um and they are managing they're like case managers really and how pleased or displeased the person they're overseeing is determines their rating in their own company that's like uber or, or grubhub as a driver where you get ratings from people and they'll automatically either get displeased and throw a tantrum and leave a poor rating or leave a high rating there's a lot of course social commentary in it i didn't complete the series i just watched the first few episodes i'll probably come back through it uh, this weekend and finish it off just to see how it first season goes but overall the female lead she's quite good I, uh turns out she used to be a musician with uh the new power generation with prince's band and uh, she's done some solo work as well and done performances on some late night talk shows and the stephen amell's lead it's he's fine he's not terrible likable the standard you know kind of ken doll kind of guy um, but I really am interested in like the, the larger world outside of this vast conspiracy that's kind of tied up the arch plot of the story. But it seems like they're going to go the way of the arch plot more than giving you more of the day-to-day -day life of the people in this society. So we'll see. Uh, Umbrella Academy did a really cool uh, uh, from-home teaser for their new trailer, which I believe was probably posted today or yesterday. I have to go look. And um, it's basically a redo of that, I think, uh, think I'm Alone Now scene from the first episode with them in their own house and all of them are kind of in their own environment and seeing how everyone more or less looks at home, which um, with Space Boy being the most dramatic, not being in that uh, gorilla body. Um, but it's very cute. They, they kept it short and sweet. Uh, it looks like number five is like, you know, being the actual child himself is actually grown quite a bit. So he'll probably be a six inches taller when the new series starts. Um, let's see what else the HBO Max launched um, on Wednesday. So it's got it's basically replacing HBO now and adding the Cinemax library to the streaming service as its own bundled uh, option. Uh, they've added Doctor Who and Looney Tunes, uh, the old Looney Tunes cartoons, as well as uh, the very newest series and a previous couple of series they did before. Uh, not that weird, uh, radical, extreme version where they're all these weird future superheroes. That was very odd. Um, but I was hoping they'd have more along the Warner Brothers library as far as animation. They're they have the Teen Titans in there. Uh, they have Powerpuff Girls. They have Dexter's Lab. Those are under the Cartoon Network banner. But they don't have the Batman animated series. But they do have the CG Batman series that I, for a while seemed like they didn't want to act like it existed called Beware the Batman. But no Batman animated series, not even the series that came after it, The Batman, which was 
uh, tagged uh, tag to the Nolan movies, or at least when it initially launched. Uh, that one was actually pretty solid. It just had the bad luck of being in the shadow of the animated series, which pretty much every Batman series has, has uh, suffered from that, unfortunately. Even the uh, Brave and the Bold, which was quite good, which is quite good, uh, kind of suffered from that, too. And you're talking 15, 20 years down the line from the original series coming out. Uh, the animated series, I should say, coming out. So that's been the biggest hump for any Batman series to overcome is the success of that one series, which has become the standard for so many of uh, the fans to have seen. Um, but yeah, I hope they just eventually post the rest of their library because that's one of the things, I won't say it's on the level of Disney, but it's definitely something that they have in their pocket of animation, which they should truthfully post as much as possible because you've got fans for all that stuff going back to, um, especially that big uh, post-Disney renaissance in the 90s. They actually um, got a lot of uh, fan, a lot of that fan base over to Warner Brothers with, again, the animated series, but also Tiny Toons, Animaniacs, which I know are tied up to Hulu. Um, but Freakazoid, as far as I know, isn't. That can be brought over. The Pink and the Brain show proper could probably be brought over. I know they're supposed to be remaking new episodes of those shows, so maybe that's part of that deal. They can't rerun them, or they need to wait for something to expire. I don't know. But I was hoping they would have at least, you know, all the Batman animated series posted. Um, some of the oddball secondary uh, shows that they did uh, as well, but so far, nothing. So maybe they're just going to not just put all their cards in, on the table at once and just slowly peter stuff out over the course of several months or a year to kind of not show their entire hand so that's i believe so far pretty much everything i want to talk about at least stuff i scribbled down in these notes here um let's see yeah that's about do it uh anything else i'll jot down and try to talk about next week um i may be doing these once a week now just so i can have more to talk about and be more consistent with it i'll see if it works out that way and hopefully I'll get some folks to listen and maybe they'll enjoy the show. But I do thank anyone who's listening for listening and um, I'll eventually leave information for folks to leave comments and any questions and what have you. As soon as I set that up, I'll be uh, putting that information on the podcast as well. So thank you again for listening and have a great day.